Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the fourth season of Plebs on Footy podcast. I am your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. It's yeah. it's a sad, sombre mm. occasion this week. I mean, we have enough to be grieving about with the horrible performances of our teams over the first two rounds, but it's been superseded by a far more sad occurrence. The great man, Lyndon Dunn, has Lyndon his knee again. God rest his and soul. he could be Lyndon. In fact, he probably is Lyndon. I'll be shocked if he's not. And that is that brings tears to the eye. Uh, he's... he's, he's Look, he's my second favourite player. We know we've got Billy Gower's watch coming up and we love him and thank God for him because he's the only shining light we have at such a dark time for the podcast. But uh, I think it's yeah. time to all bow our heads towards Yeah, as, as all listeners know, or all long-time listeners know, he's just an absolute favourite of the pod, an absolute pod mascot. And um, yeah, he's done. Lyndon is he, done. He's Lyndon, he's done. He's, he's both of them. And so, uh, we're going to take a quick minute ish silence and um, then we'll get into the rest of the pod that was about 15 seconds but I think we can go <laughs> is that close enough to minute ish is it I got impatient let's move on we love Lyndon we're sad but we are sad we have to push on though we'd have, we to, have push to push on. on and like thank god for everyone that we're able to push on with the best segment on the pod it's it's time for gold jacket, green jacket. Everyone gets excited about it every week, Banjo. It's uh, are you aware of where the title comes from? It, it, it's derived <laughs> from the it's derived from a line in Happy Gilmore. Gold jacket, green jacket, it gives a shit. I'm not sure if I told you this before. <laughs> and we uh, give three, two, one votes for the most meaningless games of the round. And uh, the start of the season's always pretty difficult. The old gold jacket, green jacket. As the season goes on, we yeah. start to realise who's this, good. This who's week's boasts are absolutely cooked. Yeah, I mean, no, last week was tougher. I think I was able to. Cut out some games. At least I, two were like actual. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we're going to do the thing again where I'm giving votes and feeling really guilty about it. Even One three votes barely uh, deserves a vote. Uh, yeah, but it was three votes was the obvious three votes. Yeah. The other two were tricky. I had to put a lot into the formula, and it was a lot of it was decided by like one or two points. Very complex computer computer skills. Yeah, exactly. The, com- the computing has happened. So one vote we're giving Gold Coast defeated Fremantle by one point. I, I feel kind of guilty saying it's that. So it bloody out. stiff. Their two games have had a combined margin of four points, and they've gotten four Gold Jacket Green Jacket votes already. Well, they're probably give the club a break. They're probably going to win the whole bloody competition. No, they're, for this. they're the only team that's more irrelevant than North Melbourne, so they have to have quite a good presence. This is in there. probably the best win in the last they've had in the last like three years. Ah, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Actually, like, no, when they beat Sydney. I, I take that back. Look, I, look, I do feel guilty because it was an upset after Freo looked so good last week. And it was a bloody close game and it was an exciting game that came down to the wire, I guess. Not a high quality after getting so excited about Fremantle scoring, what, 20 goals last week. Yeah, back they to what, looked, 58 points or They looked a they little bit more of a struggle going forward. Their balance was off with Jesse Hogan back in. They played... Three monster, no, three monster tools and Cam McCarthy. Oh, so what are you saying? They shouldn't have brought Jesse back in, or they should have uh, kicked Cam McCarthy out after you talked him up so much last week. Uh, Cam McCarthy still looked all right. He wasn't certainly wasn't the problem. I think they're so you're giving Tabernard the boot. They're a bit overloaded, and I think they've got a 
think pretty hard about how, where they go with things because after having years of not having a single key forward, they've got three and a well four ish. Oh yeah. And but they've also got Brennan Cox, who seems all right, and he's a kid in there who's injured at the moment. The thing with they've Long, got five viable options after not having one since Pavlich retired. Where does Lob fit in your opinion? Is it like? His best, the thing which he does well is when he's taking a contested mark forward. So in that sense, I think he's a forward. And he's not a great ruckman. No, he's a but, very, very average But ruckman. I don't think he'd be good as a permanent forward either. Like No, what... what he's, been, he's, he's kind of that frustrating in between. They've got to hope he becomes the best backup ruckman in the league. That's... Yeah, but is that that beneficial? I mean, Richmond have got away with Greg for three years. Did, like, did... No, it's not. It's like, that, That's the point. He's just... Yeah. I don't think there's... He's nothing to get excited about, which is not what we thought he was a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, he took the second most contested marks in the competition yeah. and looked like he was absolutely going to brain it. Had a couple of games of five goals or so. And now he just looks a bit of a in-between, kind of not really doing enough at either part of the ground to really be a star, which is what he was kind of recruited to be. They gave up a lot to get him. Um. Not yeah. Well, if you're saying that they're top heavy, which is what you were mm. saying at the start, in my head, he's easily the first one to go out, and they're paying him a fair bit of money, and he's a big yeah. recruit to come across. But I, I think in terms of getting structures right, I think you'd keep Tabernar in there, you'd keep McCarthy in there, and obviously you'd keep Hogan in there. Mm. I, I think Lobb's the one who's kind of a little bit, he's kind of awkward. Was well, he in between? Tabernar can play that second exactly. ruck. He's big and, enough, and it wouldn't. And the fact that Lobb is a slightly better second ruckman than him isn't isn't the end of the. No, but that's not going to make a massive difference to them. The only thing I guess is Sean Darcy doesn't have the most, the best aerobic capacity in the world. Well, so that's true. But I, like, I, maybe you, you need a bit more effort put into your second row. I feel like you can get enough out of Tabernacle. Yeah. I mean, in my head, in some ways, if I were Ross, I'd be a little bit concerned about Lob, which you'd like. It always just works out. Once you trade a player in, you always just end up playing them no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So it won't happen, but in some ways, I think logically you should. Yeah, anyway, but Gold Coast, yeah, let's the give them Gold, some credit. You're the Gold Coast fan. You want to get excited? They're not the worst side in players. history. We obviously know that was Carlton from last year, like just for the long-time listeners who will remember that. Um, Melbourne under Mark. <laughs> uh, but they're sort of fine. Is that where, like, they can put in a decent performance? Uh, they've started the last, like, three years quite well. I'm, I'm trying not to go over the top, but... Nah, like, they're, they're bad. They're going to be bad. They've had a good start, as they always seem to do, and good on them for doing that. But they're young, and they have no experience, and it'll get terrible as the season goes on. I've no doubt, come round 23 this year, we will be talking about Do you about think they'll be worse goes. than they were last year? I think they'll be equal. And that's after they've lost At Tom least. Lynch and Stephen May and... Whoever else they Didn't lost. Did they start last Paid year? Three, you know, something like that. They started really well, so yeah. No, no, they'll probably be worse. Yeah, but if they're the same, that's not great. A great sign for what Tom Lynch and Steve May did at that football club, uh, is it? I'd just say it's a good sign for what Stewie Jew's doing for mm. the the footy club. Maybe, Give maybe them a bit of spirit, and that's what they're. Playing I know. I do. I do think they've clearly got players that want to be there now. They're not. They don't have a whole lot of sort of. Question marks. They don't have a lot of good that, that players, too, but they, but they don't want to try. <laughs> they don't have many question marks going. Will we stay or will we go this year? And this is the first year I can remember remember them ever having For any now, clear yeah. air. No one, no one's good enough to be able to want to leave. Really, no. Like David Swallow, who's 
honestly been a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. He's re-signed for five years. Sexton just re-signed, and he had a cracker of a game. Four goals, five. That was incredible. And, and but, for a, yeah, like somebody was seen as a random for a long time. He's been a consistent player for them, quite a good player for yeah, them. Yeah, Jack Martin is probably one of the only ones. And to be honest, I think he'll probably stay. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Can't really see a reason to leave. There's heaps of salary cap room but, for him. Uh, <laughs> nah, they're, they're going to drop off. Don't get too excited. I'm not saying they're not, not going to drop <laughs> off. I'm just saying it's like, it's pretty good signs for where we thought for now, they'd be. For now. For they now. could conceivably not win the wooden spoon this year. It's conceivable. Is all I'm going to no, throw No, you think there. the dogs are going to win it. So uh, we'll get to bagging you about that <laughs> later on. Two votes. This is a lot of fun. You're, you're back, Banjo. You're back in there where you belong. Brisbane defeated North by yeah, 20 points. So this is a load of shit. Oh, this is harsh. Yes. What are you going to What are you going to put else in there? Uh, Adelaide, Sydney, to be honest. So Adelaide, Sydney. That was the most like, interesting game of the round. That was the only games. game where I exactly... Ha- what I thought happened would happen. But not no, people didn't agree with you, though. We both tipped Adelaide quite comfortably. It wasn't a good game. It was very sloppy in Dow. Yes. Anyway, it's irrelevant. Your whole system is flawed. We it's know that. not flawed. But anyway. The, the favourite one. Can, we, can you just shut up? A reasonably comfortable okay. margin. Let's there. just move on. Brisbane are all right. They're pretty good. I agree good. with you. Brisbane are good. North were about 1,000% better. And, <laughs> I guess yeah. And it just goes to show how far off the base we were yeah. last week Yes, correct. But no, Brisbane, I think I think they'll make the 8 now Ooh well, yeah. Going into the year If you said they open the season Beating West Coast and North Melbourne to start the year That's two games they would have had to win to be around the mark, right? There are a lot of teams that are worse than them Like, there's six to eight teams I look at and go Brisbane's just better then. And to be honest... And now they're around the mark with sides like... Well, not around the mark. They beat North, they beat West Coast. And when you chalk up those wins, you make finals. And I think they're going to get there. Yeah, to to be honest, it's not... They haven't just won them. Like, they've won them quite well. They've been good games at footy. Like, last last week, they were jumped early on against the And then they dominated to turn it around. And then dominated the game from that point on. Midfield got on top. This game was a a real contest for the entire game. And they hung in there. Three minutes to go, it was... Dead even, just about. Yeah, they got 20 points down. Like, it was a quality game of football. It wasn't like it was just two crap teams who slogged it out and they eventually got over the line. It was a quality game and they eventually just overpowered you a little bit in the end. So it's really Yeah, look, and I'm super bitter about the way we lost, but that takes nothing away from Brisbane. They were really good and good they will be good. to see you took a positive take out of it, Banjo. You haven't even mentioned your team yet. Yeah, well, to be honest, I was really, really annoyed in the immediate aftermath and then I had to go see the only Brisbane fan I know which was just awful you sent some grumpy messages you weren't so I was furious you were better than me on Saturday night but you know we'll get to that (laughs) that is a funny story Um, yeah so that was not a good experience um, having to just like eat my own shit (laughs) straight afterwards but like we moved the ball a lot better we were a lot more considered our structure looked better. Tom Campbell unbelievably helped. Like, if you had a set at the start of the year, Tom Campbell <laughs> made us look better. Would have thought we were in a lot of trouble, which, to be fair, we are. But he just having an actual target at centre-half forward, because Mason Wood, for all he is, and for all he is, he's just certainly not a guy you sit it on his head and he tries to take a contested mark. And Campbell didn't take any after about the first 30 seconds, but he brought the ball to ground and... That's completely different to getting outmarked, which is what happened against this 
this does belong in gold jacket, green jacket, talking about Tom Campbell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> That's fair enough. But um, Aaron Hall was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, your important players looked good. Like, Hall, uh, Polek has looked really good from preseason. He kicked two goals the from the boundary line 50 metres yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Davies Uniac, who, whew, I'm so glad we got him. He's so good. Mm. He's going to be better than Dangerfield, Pendlebury, every, all of them put no, together. No, he's not. But, I love him know, so much. More gold jacket, green jacket discussion. <laughs> no one cares about what you think about And Davies Higgins Uniac. and Cunny did were awesome. But our forward line needs work. Our back line looked... A lot better, to be honest. But, you know, it is what it is. I think I, it's not as doomy and gloomy as it was last week. And well, I, of course not. You played a good game of footy and you got beaten by a good yeah. team. I genuinely believe that. A lot of North supporters are wanting Scott fired, but I think we're probably going to win next I week. Think he's so a very it's going to be coach. fine. I think he's done yeah. a very good job with you for a long period of time with an average list and an irrelevant club, and he's made you okay. So... <sighs> I, I think he's been pretty good. Did you do like you that think you have? Do you compliment? think you have the ability to go thirty seconds without just having shit spew out of your mouth? When we're talking about North Melbourne, no, I don't have that. No, so at least you acknowledge our trash yeah, opinion. Okay, is. but anyway, <laughs> we've got an obvious three voter. Port Adelaide defeated Carlton by sixteen points. So to those teams, we say. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? This is again so harsh. Uh, the, Carlton well, this before. This was easily the three. Day. I know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not okay, saying that. You. You're not criticizing me this time. <laughs> I'm not criticizing the decision. Take over the segment, Banjo. But Carlton played pretty well. They got within 16 yeah, points. Port pulled it out, which you know, good signs for them, given where I thought they were going to be at the start of the year. It's kind of a positive takeaway for both sides. Carlton were up late in the third mm. quarter. Well, I mean, only up by a couple of points. And I think, like, I watched some patches of it. I listened to some patches on the radio. Like, you could kind of tell that Port were going but to win the game. But when this was going side by side with the Essendon St. Kilda game, I was just absolutely losing my shit laughing at the results. <laughs> there was a lot of that this weekend and last weekend. <sighs> but uh, to be honest, Port have started the year as positively as they could have hoped to even though they they, even though they scrapped by the credits they get from beating you the week before yeah the kids all played well again yeah that's the big story with Port Adelaide isn't it Rockcliffe is looking properly Mm. good he had to get tagged in the second half Boak is playing amazing football and look putting him back in the guts just Just, seems like the right decision and they probably shouldn't have moved him out I thought putting him in the guts I thought Probably a good decision when I saw him. Mm. He's been a really good player in the midfield and he's been lost a little bit and he'll play better. I, I didn't think he'd be playing like this. Like he's looking... The way he's played these first two rounds, he looks like one of the best midfields, midfielders in the comp. Yeah. And, and there was a period of time which he wasn't that far off. No, well, so I remember the first name North ever had the week going to throw all the money out in the world was Travis Boak. Yeah, that's right. And Geelong went Geelong, after him, yeah. and if Geelong had got Travis Boak, they wouldn't have been able to afford Dangerfield, and that would have been a sliding doors moment. But Travis Boak, when he was about 23, 24, was just one of the hottest names going yeah. around. And He's a real leader too. He's... Yeah, but his prime's just sort of been obscured by playing him at half forward, and I don't know why Hinkley does that. He's sort of half-wasted Robbie Gray a little bit up forward, even yeah. though Robbie's so good at it. But he's put... Boke back in the midfield. They've still got Wines to come back. Ebert's actually playing really well as a forward. Yep. Westoff didn't play great, but it was a bit wet, so that's what's going to happen. They've mm. still got Dixon to come back, hopefully. like and Things yeah. are looking pretty and good it is, for him. It is the kids that given, have given them that spark. I mean, I laughed at you about old mate Xavier Dersma last week. He's, <laughs> he's looking pretty good. Yeah, no, good. he's good. Rose, he's looking really <laughs> good. Butters, all, both, all three of them played 
two very good weeks of footy, yeah. which is pretty cool because normally you expect him to get really excited for the first one. There's a bit of a letdown after the second, but every, every second game good. blues. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Port Adelaide looking alright. You going to be slightly positive about Carlton? Yeah. Speaking of blues, they were alright too. Yes. <laughs> Look at that segue. Um, yeah, like just they're playing fine. They haven't done enough to win, but the signs are pretty positive. They've been in both games late, and that unbelievably is a step up from where they were. <laughs> no, it is, but that's what, that's what we're looking for from Carlton. We're not looking for a great season. We're looking for seeing some signs that they're on the right track, which we've had a bit. Last year was when the doubts really kicked in about that. Yeah, when they won they, two games. Yeah, but like, if any, like they went backwards a little bit, which is really, really worrying when a team's rebuilding, and they've been rebuilding for a couple of years. Yeah. But, I don't know. I can see the bones of something there, and I reckon, I reckon they'll be all right in a few years. Yeah, I'm not ready to say they'll be good or anything like that. But if they get to six wins this year, that's a positive for them. It still means their trade was absolutely stupid and <laughs> all that. But there are bones. The, the thing with their recruiting, they get some right, they've got some wrong. But they are bold. They are trying. They're not just sitting back. They're doing different things. Like, like That's fine. But do you think GWS that deserves and... an endorsement? Yeah, they've rated GWS and not gotten a single good player out of it. I would rather... All they've got is bargain basement dudes and they haven't even got the good ones. As a Carlton supporter, I would feel happier seeing these things that they're really trying to do something different rather than just sitting back and not doing anything. If I had any faith in Silvani, maybe. But I think he's bad. So yeah, you just weren't happy about you just bloody live trade. You're just still grumpy. Oh, if, as if that's the only bad decision they've made. Yeah, yeah. They traded pick seven for Christian Jacks, and I can't even remember Mark Wiley. Was he there then? Yeah, that was Silvani's first move. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That was quite bad. <laughs> that was quite like bad. I blame Malthouse for that. <laughs> I think Malthouse, but Malthouse been sacked by that period. Yeah, no, no, no okay. is definitely well, there because remember that we heard the story about how he told KJ to uh, have a eat a glass of cement and harden the F up and all of that stuff. So he was definitely there when KJ was around. But yeah, oh, Carlton are doing okay. The list management side of things I don't trust though. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to Cane Courts. You happy with that? Yes, but yeah. can you tell me what it is? Well, Cane Courts is, is, as you know, the best segment we've got. And it's when we look at a very, very strong take from the media that we just don't really appreciate and thinks a little too hard going one way. And then we obviously try and imitate them and make our own call that we half believe. <laughs> yeah, we like having a bit of fun with the big call. We try to make it seem like we believe it. Sometimes we do. Most of the time we don't. <laughs> and yeah, this week's Kane Corns is an absolute cracker. I like it. He's back. Uh, he's one of our favourite. Honestly, he tries calls. so hard to get in this segment. We might have to <laughs> rename it. And I absolutely love this man. I adore this man. I also adore Kane Corns, though, so you know. Do you adore this man? Because yeah, I do. He's just I'm, funny. Yeah, I, I know I I'm d- in the minority. I don't take him seriously or think he's particularly good at his job, but I adore no him. No one does, but yeah, I'm in the same boat. But who is it? Reveal it. <laughs> it's Robbo. Good old Robbo. <laughs> just an absolute classic. And he's got back on his soapbox, and we all know he's an <laughs> Essendon fan, but for God, for some godforsaken reason, he wants James Hurd to coach Essendon again. James Hurd is literally the worst possible outcome any club has ever had from hiring a coach. It is unbelievable. And we, 
we know where this comes from. Robbo was always big on the the herd bandwagon the whole way through everything. That yeah, happened. well, he's probably his favorite player of all time. Like, yeah, he's the Essendon icon. I feel like Robbo is caught within... He's an Essendon fan, and he's caught within that small segment of the Essendon community who are kind of loyal to her. Yeah, the And he hears a bit of that, because his big thing about it was, I think there'll be a big uh, groundswell, was the word he mm. used, for him to coach. Because he, he's only talking to this very small group of Essendon supporters who there like There could her. only be and 30 of them. And he forgets that there'd be thousands and thousands who... Bloody hate the man. They, they, they would be furious. Do you remember how their back. membership dropped off during it all? Yeah, and it's amazing that it's come back up. Yeah. It's extraordinary. It's, it's amazing that they've held on to the amount of fans that they have. But God, they would lose a lot of supporters if Heard took over. And they would just it would just be so controversial. Like, I'll say this again, but Heard is the worst outcome anyone's ever had from hiring a coach. Yes, correct. Oh, absolutely. And they want to do absolutely. it again. And it would just... Even if he can coach, which is questionable anyway, it's just a PR disaster. How could you do yeah, that? He is not, at best, you'd probably say he's replacement level as coach. Did he show anything ever that made you think he was a positive as a coach? There was, like, they look good yeah, at there times. there was that period when they were on drugs and they were a little bit more <laughs> successful. <laughs> but there was a lot of talk that the reason was because of Bomber. There was, I remember there was always that thing around being like, Bomber's just doing all the coaching and not doing anything. Like, there was a period of time in which they were looking all right. But no, there was no sign that he's a great coach and a coach you can ignore the other stuff that happened because he is such a great coach. It's... And the, the funny thing about it is that people have actually jumped on this and it's become a story. Like, they, I think they I, asked Wusher about it. It should have just been absolutely ignored. Just laughed at, yeah. It's the most insane idea since, I don't know, Rob, I thought he should put Mason Cox in the top 50. <laughs> no, since Fev said that Richo would be sacked after round one. We've had a crack and start of the yeah, year. Yeah, we really have. Early on, the, the big calls are out. Anyway, we're doing our ones. Yeah, you start with yours, I reckon. All right. I'm kind of happy with mine. I think you like it as well. I'm going to say Richmond are not going to make the eight. I love it. I love it so much. It's big. It's big. Uh, I really wanted to steal it from you. Looked really bad on Thursday night. Like, they got completely and comprehensively outplayed. And it's got to the point there... They also got outcoached, which, has, which hasn't happened That's in interesting. two years. That's what's so interesting about it. They've relied on their structures for a few years. I think we've always looked at their list and thought it was, for a champion team, we've always thought it's been a little bit bare bones. I think we've always looked at it and been like, that's not that good, but their structures have been so good that it's just held up week in, they, week out. They were sort of the opposite of the West Coast 2006 teams. Like, their yeah. key post, their Either end of the ground was really, really solid. Like, yeah. really solid. And then the midfield was just like, eh. It's like, I wonder d- how they d- got there. Dusty and Cochin. Yeah. And then, and then after that, you're like, oh, yeah, like Edwards is good and but he's Lambert's good, but they're not, they're not great. There's not a lot of depth there. And the fact that their structures got shown up on a night makes me really worried about them. And then, obviously, there's structural issues anyway because of Rant. So now Revolt's missing a month, which... That could lose them a couple of games. Yeah. And Grimes is missing next week. It's, it's going to be fascinating. they finally been the whacked thing, with injuries. <laughs> finally! <laughs> You're just celebrating injuries way too much this year, Scott. But one thing we should pay attention to, they're going to be playing one key forward again, I think. How's that going to go? Does that mean they return well, to the way uh, they've played? Because their forward pressure was just non-existent. <laughs> if that happens, if they get back and play really well for the next month... Are you going to not pick either Lynch or Revolt? 
You can get can't. Well, I mean, that's just not... Like, that's a bigger it. thing than drop and lob. Yeah, yeah. 100% <laughs> it is. No, nah, real warning signs. And I don't know. I think it's I possible. I find it. Kind of hopeful. Um, <laughs> we all are, Scotty. We all are. Let's move on to mine. We'll get back to oh, Richmond I when I we like talk about the game. Well. How positive are we? Go with yours. This is good. <laughs> Yeah, I think Eddie Betts might be a little cooked. Oh, you've come around, mate. It's I have not come around. There is he's not that good. There is a difference between thinking a guy <laughs> is slowing down because he's getting old to thinking he was no good at all, no, ever. Okay, now can I just... No, I, okay. No, let, <laughs> yeah. let me explain. Let me explain. I never said he was no good ever. He's always been a very good player, but he's been incredibly overrated. But I also want to put a little disclaimer on it that I'm joking around about being happy about it. I'm not. I actually really like Eddie Betts. I think he's a ripping fella. I love the way he speaks in the media. He, you know, he does draw a crowd. I really like him, so it's sad that he's not playing well at the moment. And I'm, I want to make that clear, but it is kind of funny because I told you a long time ago he's no good, and now you agree with me. Yeah, after you were wrong for 15 <laughs> years or however long his career's been. Um, no, I was never wrong. I was never wrong. <laughs> Just kick goals from the goal square, mate. And why is he cooked? He's just not as quick or explosive. Mm. He just doesn't quite have the athleticism that he's sort of built his game around. And if he can't get any separation, he doesn't have the time to do the magical Eddie Betts things that we all love, or that I love at least. I love the magical stuff he does. <laughs> I just realise he also does a lot of boring stuff and gets too much credit That is for literally it. every single footballer. <laughs> no, but he's to a bigger extreme. Yeah, because he does more magical stuff than everybody. I was, he was another player I was a little bit worried after AFLX, but I thought that was just because there were no goal squares, so he just got a little lost. <laughs> he didn't know where to go. But goal squares are back, and he's still not looking great. So interesting. interesting yeah, no, I just I hope I'm wrong on this one. I, I very so rarely, I, I very so rarely hope I'm wrong. Um, I'm pretty I'm prideful in that, that sense. And uh, but yeah, I. I hope he's not, because I also really like Adelaide this year, and I want to be right on that front. So it's a bit of a conflict of interest for me. But anyway, let's get back to the football. Um, we were just talking about them, so we'll talk about them again. Richmond. Collingwood <laughs> yeah. defeated them by 44 points. Very comfortable in the end. Richmond did hang on for longer than they probably should than have. Than they should have, for sure. Absolutely. Those like, three goals they kicked at the end of the second quarter, one of which was unbelievably bullshit from Shane Edwards. <laughs> Camden would have kicked it anyway. <laughs> Camden's a super sure. But uh, look, we've talked about Richmond. I think we should swipe that and let's just talk about Collingwood. Yeah, I just want to acknowledge Jack Graham's tan one last, well, one first time as well. What? Jack Graham. Not that great a midfielder, great tan. I've just been thinking about it since Thursday. Go oh, on. Why are you noticing his tan? What's... It's just a really great tan. I didn't notice it at all. You didn't... Just. Look out for it. It's a great tan. That's one of the weirdest takes you've ever brought to the pod. I'm a little bit on the back foot now. Well, I was workshopping it as a joke, but we didn't get to his name when we were talking about Richmond's midfield, so I couldn't bring it up in the flow of conversation. All right, all right. We're, we're too truncated with our Richmond conversation, and I felt it had to be said. All right, okay. We, we've, been, we've been weirdly like positive about Richmond in the sense that we've been negative, which we're happy about. Now let's be <laughs> let's be positive, uh, negative about Collingwood because they were looking good, which is very unfortunate. That was the most complicated thing know, you've ever said in your life. Mate, it's bloody 9.30, all right? We're struggling. <laughs> they looked extremely good, mate. Yeah, they did. Extremely good. Buckley put on an absolute clinic. I interestingly did, didn't think any 
players really stood out except for like Trelaw and Dugowie. Oh, Maybe a bit of Chris. Bottom was very good, particularly early. It was only early though. He dropped off pretty massively. Was good again. They, they were a couple of players yeah. last week we talked about. We were worried they'd been pushed out a little bit. And I was that, pretty impressed with both of them. They were just good though. Like they like when you look at their list, you go great. But they haven't. Like, this is one thing that's worrying. Dane Beams hasn't been particularly good yet. Oh, no, he has been very good. Yeah, but he hasn't been particularly good. There's a difference. He hasn't been the guy... Hey, what do you we expect? When, when you've got six to eight A-grade midfielders... This is what I'm worried about. Expect... No, no, but, but those... if they've got three A-grade midfielders playing like A-grade midfielders, and they have three A-grade midfielders playing a little bit below but their potential, thing, I only that's think... still a damn good midfielder. That's... No, you'd miss... you're misreading my point. Trelaw is the only one that's really playing A-grade level football so far. And that's really terrifying because they've been pretty good. I think yeah. they can all play better. They, they, they didn't play their best last week. I think there's like a significant room for them I to play better. I suppose what I'm saying is I, I don't necessarily think that's surprising. I, I think this could be how it plays out. that They have one or two players who are absolutely dominant. One or two great players who are very, very good. One or two great players who are a little bit below. And then that'll all come together and they'll be winning lots of games. Like, I don't yeah, expect I, I, six of them to start. Neither do I, but we've only had one star. Beams has been very, very good. I, he's been fine. I, I seriously think he's just been fine. Mm. How about old mate to go either? <laughs> like, that was like... There's been a little bit of talk. I, I think it. I think we need some context before we go anywhere. Scott just picked uh, him up in his fantasy side for absolute bullshit yeah, reasons. I screwed over Charlie again, as always happens. But no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too excited. This, this, about this opinion is entirely coloured by this. There was a lot of talk for a little bit about is Dugowie a little overrated? I mean, he's not. Like he's not. That was that was oh, an unbelievable forgot one of the, So slight honourable mention for Kane Corns. Damien Barrett said he was already uh, in the best yeah. com- the conversation for the best players in the competition. Yeah, no, that, he's that's, not. That's too far. Yes. No, he's not. This is the Eddie Betts level of overrated that you complain about all the time. That's Dugo is yeah. very good. Oh, he's damn he's good. probably not in the top 10. Probably no. not in the top 20. Yeah, he might squeeze in the back of the top 20 at best. Like, and... That's a very good player, but it's also not very close yeah. to the best player. In I the think you should say he's the most exciting player. I think, I'm not saying he is, but I think you could say that. Yeah. That would be a fair thing to say about yeah. him. Yeah, throw him in that conversation, Mate, that, sure. That, that's Specky on the boundary and then the snap. Yes. Yeah. just like, that was one of the more exciting moments you'll see in footy. I'm quite glad, I'm quite glad how poorly that was umpired. That was a good mark. Oh, it was beautiful. That yeah. was beautiful. <laughs> he's snapped from the, he always kicks from the boundary. He doesn't miss. And they go so high. It's like... He kicked one from like 35 out that went through post height. Yeah. That is a phenomenally yeah, that, tough kick. It looks beautiful. I remember being absolutely shocked when Paddy Ryder barely yeah, made the distance right. from 40 metres against yeah. us in a final. Dugowie does it consistently. And, but he, I think he could nearly kick 45 metre snaps. Yeah. Like, if he marked it on the boundary 40 out, would not be shocked if he'd lined back as a snap. Yeah. And would not think it was... Even if he came up short, would not think it was a bad decision. Man, look, we talk about this game a lot. We still haven't even mentioned what everyone is talking about, which is... I mean, this is... I've talked about this in the past. There's the occasional game in a season. It only happens about five times mm. where there actually is an extremely obvious tactical shift and the media gets so excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Because they never analyse anything. Yeah, they can way. finally like, see a tactic. Yeah, it, it was incredibly obvious, the uh, uncontested marks, the way that they chipped it around the back up. Particularly early. Quick question. There's a slight tangent. Does the media get so excited because they think they can show people the tactic and that's why they 
don't normally do it, or do you think they don't can't tell the difference in tactics normally, and that's why they don't? Yeah, do I don't think they notice the nuance changes, and then when something big happens, therefore they're like, ah, oh, there's actually cool. something we can talk about tactical. That's what I think. Yeah, that, that was my and it was incredibly obvious. As well, but, uh, gee, like Buckley really is looking like one of the best coaches in the league at the moment. I don't think anyone could doubt that, which is amazing because he should have been sacked. Yeah, absolutely. He's <laughs> probably the sacked. most deserving coach in history to be sacked. Yeah. Oh, sorry, James Hurd. And now he's extremely good. <laughs> Back to James Hurd. James Hurd is the yeah, most deserving enough. coach yeah, ever. He could be number two. But uh, yeah, good on him and Collingwood are looking quite scary. Anyway, let's move on to a game that should have been in Gold Jacket, but we haven't. Uh, we've had to delay it till now. Adelaide defeated Sydney by twenty six points. I didn't learn a single thing out of this game. Uh, this is exactly what I thought. It's would what you thought would happen. Heading into the game, I heard a lot of football commentators say that this was the game of the round because the loser of this looks cooked. The winner might be all right, and a lot of people tip Sydney. I think I think Sydney might have been favourite. That heading staggers in. me. It, I agree with you. We both tipped Adelaide quite comfortably, and that's how it played out, so we can say we expected it. But that's not how the general community saw it. And I think we're now at the point when everyone is saying, yep, Sydney aren't that good, which I know we were early on because we always are. But it like, seems to be pretty set in stone at the moment. They are looking very poor. Their midfield just is so shallow now. Yeah. Like, it's the same story as what Richmond's currently facing. It's pretty much too deep because they refuse to play Heaney and Mills in the midfield. Mm. So it's Papley's moved through there. Zach Jones is playing midfield again. Cunningham. Like, these are names you want as your third, fourth, and fifth best yeah, it's midfielders. Funny, I mean, if we say the absolute lock star players, you'd say Kennedy and Parker. And then after that, it's... And even then, both those guys have dropped off. Kennedy was great on the weekend, yeah. but... It's not quite Parker as damaging. Two on the weekend, but, but both of them aren't at where they were three years ago when they made the grand final last. Like, there's a significant drop off. But, but, but isn't it isn't it funny the situation? I, I think they've got quite a shallow midfield. So you think, okay, they need to get some midfielders in there. Isn't the obvious people to put in there Mills and Heaney? It's why why stag- are they saying no? Let's put Papley in there. Heaney, I think, hurt his ankle and is okay. not right. Okay. Mills, I just don't get. Like, what are they waiting for? Like, they have been good in the roles they're playing, but they're not the players which everyone thought they would be. Yeah, Mills, Mills was touted as one of the prime kids that we'd seen come through in the last five, ten years. He's staggeringly disappointing if you frame it in that context. I and mean, he has his moments. But he's nothing but average. He's, no, he's above average. But no, yeah. no, no, he's not. He's average. He, he you know, you, you know what he's a little like? Jamie McMillan. How big an indictment is that? What does he do well? He takes good speckies. <laughs> he's, no, but he's, he's explosive. He has his moments. Callum Mills. Oh, I thought you were talking about Heaney. No, sorry. Heaney is above average. Oh. Heaney's good. Okay, no, Mills, that's fair. Yeah, yeah see? No, <laughs> I don't know who got that wrong in that situation. No, that's fair. So if we come back in this conversation... Mills, fair enough. Mills is the thing that was which... a staggeringly big mix-up in our communication. Yes. There, the just thing, quietly. the thing, Mills is the thing that made him stand out early in his career was he had a cool head, but he had a cool head relatively to what mm. you should have as a first or second year player. He hasn't added his anything head now to his game. is what it should be at his age and his experience, and he's not really offering anything else. He's no. just fine at everything. He's else. not right. quick. He's he not a great good. kick. He doesn't do. Fant- he doesn't do great stuff intercepting. He's not a fantastic lockdown defender. Yeah, no, fair. Like, this kid was 
supposed to be the number one pick and would have gone if they didn't want to do the thing where you don't get your number one choice. That bullshit with the academy stuff yeah. where you just never pick an academy kid. But he's just sort of nothing. Like, how do you do that? Mm. I mean, I still think it's possible if you put him in the midfield, he will become very good. That, yeah, that's completely possible. It'll be on the back of being good in the contest and stuff like that. But they've got to do it at some point. It's his third or fourth year now. Yeah. I, at the moment, yeah, I see it's more a staggering coaching decision than anything at yeah. the moment. That it's not the players you've decided to move into the midfield are not Mills and Heaney. That's just strange. Yeah, I've and seen, like I've see seen Luke McDonald's it. career stall because he was not put in the midfield quick enough. And now I kind of worried about where his career is going. It's going to happening with Christian Petrarca. Yeah, and it could quite easily happen with Mills if they're not careful. There is a certain time where you just have to give them yeah. the responsibility. Yeah. And... Like, dude, this is a premiership coach. What's he doing? Yeah, it's odd. It's it's it. I I, I would love to hear an explanation because I don't really understand it. I why is he not being questioned about this properly? Why is the first question not in a press conference? Where were Heaney and Mills in your yeah. midfield? You got I think, smashed. I think it'll. Day. I think it'll build. I think it'll become a story soon. God, unless, should, unless he does it. Of it course. should not have taken this long. Yeah. Adelaide. I think they're pretty good. I don't really have a whole lot to say about them. Yeah, well, I mean, as you said, in some way, from what we expected, it kind of played out. Mm. Like, I think Adelaide are a good team who got a bit lost in round one with the way they moved the ball forward and they seemed to find a bit of that connection again. Yeah, it wasn't a great performance, but no. it was a little wet and stuff. And they, to be honest, they did it without their stars really performing, which is a good sign. Yeah. Anyway, good. Let's get good on team. to my favourite result of the week. Yeah, back to yeah. back favourite yeah. results for Essendon. It's not your favourite result of the week, but... Oh, clearly yeah, sorry, we, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> clearly we got it. I forgot your team was that shit. Um, St. Kilda defeated Essendon by 11 points. So good. Just so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I had the same thing you had last week and being <laughs> really happy until Melbourne started playing. Uh, I, I have to say at the start, like I'm really, really nervous for Friday night. For the reason that right now, the only thing that's making me feel okay is at least we're not Essendon. And I might not be able to can say I, that. Can I give you Friday some night. confidence? You're right. You aren't at least not as bad as Essendon. They lost to St Kilda and they yeah. lost by 80 points. Yeah, and it looked it looked bad. That, that's yeah. not a good game of footy. St Kilda blew a lot of chances early on. Yeah, they were really St sloppy. Kilda looked fairly scrappy to the point where you go, hmm, I like the effort. I like sort of the direction they're yeah. trying to play in, but you're not quite there yet because yeah, you've had to do another mini rebuild, and like that's yeah. fine. That's where they should be. Essendon should not be losing to that team. <laughs> yeah. St Kilda, yeah, I, I liked it because they had a real dip and they're getting a lot of those um, kind of exciting small forwards are starting to roll through My the My boy, Gresham. Gresham's looking good in the... Like, you know, running through the midfield. Um, Loney's doing it a little bit as well. Sinclair's yeah, spending a bit more Billings time Billings isn't being abs- absolutely horrible yeah, this so year. Yeah, they're, so they're getting a bit more dynamic with that midfield and it's giving them a bit more energy and they're kind of exciting to watch. But it was bloody sloppy and there was a lot missing in the yes. way that they played and they still beat Essendon and they should have beaten Essendon. They were the better team than Essendon. Essendon had a patch in the third quarter. Outside of that, they were quite comprehensively outplayed and I don't get it. I, I don't get it. There's something very weird happening at the Essendon Football Club at the moment. They should not be this bad. I don't see how you can enter round one, round two without excuses of injuries or being underdone or anything like that. Or having played finals. They had lazy. the full... Preseason, there are. We watched a clip, a pilot or low light clip of their game where it just had effort after effort that just wasn't good enough. And each individual effort, you excuse, go, oh, that's kind of explainable. Yeah. But not when you package all them of them. Together, yeah. All of them is a problem, and you just they're lost. 
they are absolutely lost. And when you look at their list, I don't personally think it's great, but it's certainly not bad. Oh, it's good. It's, a t- it's at least a top eight list. I think it's around the mark, but it, that's semantics. It's not bottom two list, which is where they're playing now. <laughs> it's the way they're playing, And yeah. it's certainly not bottom two list if they're putting in effort. And they're just not. That's, it's off the back of effort. That's what's so odd about it. Like, if worst fold isn't getting effort out of them, what is he bringing to the table? <laughs> you really are on the hating horse bowl train, aren't you? Yeah, look, I'm planting it's kind my of a flag. shame because I would be on it as well, but because you've gone so hard on it, I'm yeah, you get weirdly intimidated back. by me taking it <laughs> having a position. But he'd like he didn't do anything brilliant tactically at West Coast. He just used the talent available to him Correct. pretty well. I'll give him that. The, the way he, he held them together, that was good. But that's again. Sort of the social side of coaching. That's the emotional We're side about of coaching. Now? Yeah. yeah. When he held them together, that was a really well done. But they did. They do have, or they did have, an identity. We knew how Essendon played. They but were when they the had middle, the identity, back. they didn't. It didn't do well at the start of last year. Then they had to completely no, no, change. No, because they it. stuffed it at the start of last year. But then he was able to make a tactical change, which made them a better team, and they started playing well. And there was stuff like that that made me think. Maybe he can coach. At the moment, I don't think... I mean, obviously coaches have to take responsibility for the effort, but at the moment, it's not a tactical issue. It's a player issue. That, there is someone but weird that, going that, on. That's, not that's my point. Yeah, fair enough. If you can't get the players and you haven't... Look, yeah, he probably made one good tactical decision after making one absolutely horrible tactical decision last year. Yes. Like, they went from being awful to being... Probably having a good system last year. Yes. That's fine. Yes. But that equals average, and that equals missing the finals by a game or two games. If you add that, which is only average, on top of not having any player willing to play for you hard, that's an indictment, and you cannot continue like that. Yeah, I mean, we always we we always blame the coach, whether it's for tactics, whether it's for effort, for anything. It always comes back to the coach. So I'm like, I'm not setting his coaching career on fire. I'm not saying he has to go now, but he has to change it. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. He's going to be under a lot of heat, and if this and doesn't change around in the next month, two months, there is a possibility he'll be sacked. Heard won't be in his place. But there <laughs> yeah. is a possibility he'll be sacked. I, I kind of. I would not be super unhappy if Heard came back, to be honest, from my own personal wanting Essendon to burn perspective. I would be pretty upset about it. It would take over football. It was the oh, only yeah. thing anyone would talk I, I hadn't about. considered that bit. It I take suck. it all back. It would suck. But anyway, let's get on to a segment. Yeah, because full credit to St. Kilda. Though. Yeah, I'm very excited for this. We've got top five, which I don't think we need to explain. Are yes. you okay with that? That's and we're fine. doing the top five... Dumbest names? Well, how are we framing this? Uh, yeah, dumbest Just names. weirdest names. <laughs> most Worst names, dumbest yeah. names. I don't know. Uh, most questionable what the parents were on at the time of signing the birth certificate <laughs> names. Yeah, yeah fair bit. Well, all of that. All of the above. Um, you, I think you've got an honourable mention. I do have an honourable mention. There was someone who absolutely would have been in there because I'm really hot on how bad this name is, but he's not playing anymore. So I <laughs> you had him at number two before I reminded you yes. that he no. retired. <laughs> no, I want to just put him in anyway, and I thought, okay, fair enough. We'll make him an honourable mention. Sharrod Wellingham. Now, I mean, the Wellingham name's funny just because yeah. of BT, but, but it that's also, not the issue. I kind of like Wellingham <laughs> as a name. It, it's amusing. Yeah, it's a little amusing, but Sharrod. 
What is that? What What is a Sharon? I, I have no doubt. I, I know yeah, for this a fact. This theory surely, is an absolute cracker. Surely his dad's name was Jared and his mum's name was Sharon. And they just thought, you know, let's just mix ourselves together. Sharon. We love ourselves. Our love produced this baby. Let's mix him like we mixed our gene pools. It's, I uh, uh, just, what, 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 what the hell? Like, what the hell is Sharon? That's going to be a bit of a theme to some of mine is the... Like, what were the parents thinking? And I always try to figure that out. That's the stuff I, enjoy, I like about odd names, is trying to figure out where it came from. <laughs> anyway, what's your honourable mention? Uh, so, my honourable mention is a name that's as dumb and as bad as he played last weekend. Max Gorn. Ah, you Just nuts. a stinker. It's oh, as, it's a great name. It's as Max bad. Gorn champion. It's, it's as, great. It's as bad as his beard. No, it's as bad as the weird shape of his head. That. It's just, it's a terrible name. It's like iconic. who, who would have a last name called Gorn and not change it to Deed Pole? And then who would name their child Max? I mean, <laughs> that's what an absurd it's, name. It's iconic and it's lovable, and because he's so lovable, he makes it work. It's a good name. You don't believe that. I know you don't believe that. Yeah, fair play. I don't. My five <laughs> is uh, I'm jumping on the hate train now, and it'll probably come up a few times throughout the uh, <laughs> throughout this pod. <laughs> yeah. uh, that bloke, Cade Collajasny. Uh, no, you, uh, it's you got to remember, like Guy McKenna taught us five years ago. What was his collar? Jazz knee. Yeah, Colin Jazz knee. Or whatever. Collar as in the collar of your shirt. Jazz as in the genre of music. And knee as in the part of your body. It's not that hard, Scott. I understand. Collar Jazz knee is a pretty poor name and it's too hard to spell and I would hate to be him having to explain. It's hard enough with Fotheringham, which is not hard to spell. What do you got against... It's an odd name, but... What do you got against Eastern Europeans? Why would you make the the first name start with a K as well to make it Cade Collar Jazz It's just... It just doesn't work. It's just too much of a mouthful. It's a really weird name, but it was better than how he played on Saturday. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. It was one of the worst. Games Honestly, the I'm absolutely fine with the name Cade Collajasny. I think you're just Shocking. you're just being vindictive oh, now. Jesus. And like, we'll get to <laughs> who would just want to smear somebody's name to the point where they would say it's a dumb name when it's not? That'd just be weird to do. That's this entire. I mean, they all love that. That was more of a reference of the way I behave towards Max, but you missed the joke. Why? Anyway. Latham Vandermeer. <laughs> who the hell is Latham Vandermeer? I do not know, but what a name. <laughs> do you remember who he played for? Western Bulldogs, I think. Uh. The best thing about Latham Vandermeer is there's a very famous Latham in this country. He's a terrible, terrible human being, but nonetheless he's famous. Yes. Mark Latham. And they misspelt it. They threw in an I. Oh, it's Latham. No, it's oh. Lay with an I after the A. Tham. Oh, Lay. Oh, that is odd. I was about to say I don't mind it, but I think that's kind of thrown the wheels. Yeah, the spelling bit. just freaks me Does out. Don't mind Vandermeer, I reckon that. Really Vandermeer is not the problem. Yeah. Let me get this straight. Well, when you've got a certain got nothing Vandermeer, against the you Dutch, can't have a cool name. But when you put a stupid name, yeah. like them at the front, it's just it's a bit disconjointed. Guy I went to uni with was called Fraser Vandermeer. That was fine. Yeah, didn't mind Fraser's that. Not that's a pretty funny name, to be honest. It's better than Latham with a Nearly threw in Fraser, McGi- <laughs> Fraser McInnes, and there's nothing wrong with that yeah, name. I just find it bad. funny. I, I'm looking at your list at the moment, and I haven't heard of any of them, so that's interesting. <laughs> I've tried to... Mostly people have heard of. My number four people have heard of, Camden McIntosh. This is a great... I, I mean, love this man. This is similar to the show. I mean, what the hell is Camden? It's a city in Pennsylvania. Is it? 
Is that the state but Philadelphia is in? Cameron? It's Camden? across. No, it's in New Jersey. Sorry, across the river from Philadelphia to the point where it's practically the same. It's misspelled. Do you reckon? Like it wildly misspelled. In Camden, do you reckon that's where it came from? If they or did, they have dyslexia. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just don't get Camden. I just don't know what that name is or what they're trying to do with it. I'm, I'm struggling. Maybe they thought, you know, I like the name Cam, but don't like the name Cameron. I mean, yeah, it, it, it could be that. It could be that. But it's, uh, I mean, it, it, it suits his personality because he looks like one of the strangest people I've ever seen as well. So uh, I love Camden. He, he's a good laugh. He makes me chuckle whenever he does anything. My number four, absolute superstar from the Carlton Football Club, Finbar O'Dwyer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Finbar I, not great. Like, I'm in two minds. In Is he one, Irish? I have no idea. I, so. I, I kind of, I'm not sure about this name. I, part of me thinks the reason I don't like it is that it intimidates me that there's finally a name more Irish than my own. <laughs> yeah, like, it is absurdly Irish, that name. Yeah, but it's also a little stupid. <laughs> so we don't know whether Finbar. recruited from Ireland or if he's just an Irish So Irish now that I think about it, there might be like a 10% chance he's a friendly friend, but we'll leave that be. <laughs> there's a fair chance with you. You have enough <laughs> relatives. But yeah, Finbar. I mean, I, I don't know where that's come from either. I mean, yeah, I... Another very odd yeah, I think I'm going to hear a little bit of shit from my dad now. I think he is a family friend. Whoops. Anyway, move on. <laughs> Number three. This one's fun to say. Boyd Woodcock. Oh, that's a great name. <laughs> I don't remember who he plays for. Or Port Adelaide? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know, but Boyd Woodcock. <laughs> I mean, Woodcock. I kind is... of enjoy the flags. You know what? You've got such a strong name. Woodcock has so many directions you go with, yeah. and you just go with a solid one-syllable monster called yeah. Boyd. <laughs> Woodcock is funny. He like, sounds like that, he sounds Boyd. like a lumberjack. I like it. It does a little bit. Boyd Woodcock. <laughs> I, I don't know. What's your opinion? From the Sydney Swans, Durak Tucker. <laughs> Durak, Durak spell? It kind of sounds like they're making fun of... <laughs> like... <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I know where you're going. I'm not willing to finish that sentence, yeah, to be honest. Derek, yeah, but like, I, they can be spelled Derek two times, two ways. Is that what you think's happening? That's kind of what I think. I haven't even thought of that. It's D U R A K. And Tuck is such a boring surname. You got like, Durak. Durak and. Like they're the, same, they're the same hard like curse sounds and everything. It just like just God, what are you doing, Go on, Mr. Gonna, and Mrs. Tucker? I'm gonna one up you. Number two, Red Red Og Murphy. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is a classic name. So his surname is Og Murphy. I think Og means son I, I, of in Gaelic. Ah, oh. when I first read it, I thought his first name was Red Og and his last name was Murphy. I think it's kind of his like his name's Red Murphyson. Og Murphy, but no, like the Og just makes me think of the original gangster as well. It always gets me. Yeah, the OG. Well. I <laughs> I love him. Yeah, he it's plays for North, so obviously I love him. But what I love about him the most is how inconsiderate and how sort of insulting our media department's been to him. He speaks fluent English. He's a native <laughs> English speaker. He has a thick Irish accent, yes, but you can quite easily understand it if you, like, concentrate for two seconds. And we gave him subtitles. That's so insulting. <laughs> it's perfect English. What are you doing? They didn't do that with Conor McKenna. Uh, uh, yeah, Conor. Uh, and Zach yeah, Con McKenna, yes. He, he's terrible. No, Tui, you can understand. Yeah. Conor McKenna. So I was just so trying to think which Irish person to do But, like... 
Yeah. There's no problem with it. It's not that hard an accent to understand. You just listen properly. It's a bit embarrassing. It's oh, just weird. Um, but <laughs> you're happy with yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say you want up me. Wait for you, mine. Dalton Langlands. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you know where he plays for? Saint Gilda. Oh, should, these all have to be rookie listed players, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> Uh, all the rookie listed players have stupid names because there seem to be a lot more than the players we actually know. Uh, maybe we just get used to the stupid <laughs> names <laughs> of <laughs> So oh, good. We have, we have to unveil our number one. He's become one of our favourite players. Honestly, probably. everybody should be able to guess who our number one is. <laughs> it's probably the most, the most, I don't know, obvious answer we've ever had to a top five. Grian <laughs> Myers. Grian. Uh, where where is it coming? Yeah, we've, it, this has been a topic of much we, debate. We, from we've the two actually of us. have had a, like detailed. I think three detailed this. discussions. I think that they wanted to go with Ryan, but they wanted to make it slightly more interesting. So they just said, "Let's just chuck a G on the front." That's what I think happened. I think they were leaning towards Brian. Thought, you know, there's a few too many of those. Don't really like it. Okay. Let's go, Brian. I'm a big believer in. Sort of swapping letters is how people come up with these stupid names, not just randomly adding them. And could it be a mix between Greg and Ryan? Is that another possibility? Or Ooh, I Graham and that. Ryan? I... <sighs> like, they might just like both of those names, so let's chuck them together. I don't know, but I, I've never heard of a Grind before, and it's very, very strange. But I really like him. He really he keeps a bloody oh, goal he, against us, I've seen. He, he weirdly demu- uh, reminds me, not weirdly, he's got dreadlocks, it's the exact same reason, but like early Dollhouse. Yeah. Just feels yeah, like the same. A, there, is, there is a bit of that too. <laughs> it's it. a small forward, dreadlocks, manic at yeah. the ball, just feels like that. Man, but his name's Grind. His name is Grind. It's All right. so good. Speaking of Grind, on to the next game. Geelong defeated Melbourne by 80 points in the best result of the round. What an absolute cracker of a game. Both sides were hard at it, and only one side was competent at football. How good was it? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, Banjo. You lost by 80 points. I agree with the sentiment that we were better than we were in round one. I think it was a step forward. And oh, You it, cannot possibly think it's that. Not, it's not a good step forward. I, I, I hoped for a larger step forward. But it was an improvement. You we lost were, by 80 points. Yeah, yeah, I know that. It wasn't that bad. At least when I it say we played better, we lost by 80 points and we lost by 20 points. And there was a 60 points. Yes, yes you were a lot better. You were a lot better. Now, can, you, can you hear me out? Honestly, I um, can't get over The way this. the game was played, we got comfortably outplayed. We should have lost by 40 to 50 points. It wasn't as bad as 80. Losing by 40 to 50 points in Geelong is not... like It's not good for a supposed premiership contender, but it's not a complete disgrace. Our midfield game got going again. We were dominant in the clearances. Max was good again. Uh, Oliver was amazing. Brayshaw was amazing. Viney was great. We, we got on top again in patches, and we showed signs of what made us good last year, and I kind of remembered that. Early on, we were outworked and outplayed. The contested possessions at quarter time were heavily weighted in Geelong's favour. That wasn't because we were soft at the contest. It was because they had a lot more players at every contest. They worked harder to get to the contest. It wasn't... Because we're not good at the coal face, it's because we don't have enough players there. And then Geelong just managed to gather it after some big con. It'd be like Oliver would go in hard, get the ball, it would spill out, and then there'd be three or four Geelong players and they'd run away. That's where that came. After half time, we were really good out of the middle. It Our sounds like the ball- time I complained about North being the better side when we lost by seven goals. I'm not saying we were the better side. We were comprehensively outplayed, we lost by 40 to 50 points. 
But in the third quarter, we played some pretty good footy at times, apart from that kick inside 50. And that's worrying, absolutely worrying, but I think that can be fixed. I think that can be fixed with a bit of time and a bit more composure. I think what happened this week, we lost... We lost in a way that we shouldn't lose against Port Adelaide. We were so comprehensively beaten at the contest in work rate, which is our strength. All week, that's what we would have talked about. We've got to get better at the contest. We did that. We forgot about the other stuff. I'm hoping it's one step towards positivity. I don't know that, and I'm extremely nervous for this weekend, but I think that is an argument you can make. couple of questions. How do you fix your forward line? <sighs> Look... I don't think it's so much... I mean, look, the forward line isn't great. We don't have a great forward line, but it's not so much the forward line's fault. I think it was more a mid-forward connection thing. I think our ball used... So Alex Neil Bullen's not playing as well as he was. Melksham's not playing as he did last year. Is Mel- that the problem? Is that where it's Melksham's getting the ball, but he's really, really sloppy, which again makes sense. He's incredibly underdone. But like he he was really frustrating in the third quarter. He had moment. He looked so dangerous. He looked like he'd break the game open, and then he was missing goals from thirty meters out on a slight angle. Mm. And really, just like he's better than that. He's a better player than that, and he'll become a better player than that. Neil Bullen has always been a bit up and down, but he by the end of the year, I've no doubt he'll be a good player. Wiedemann and Tom McDonald are worrying me. But what happened with our forward line on the weekend? We clearly decided. In, it was really sweats, slippery conditions. We clearly decided Wiedemann and McDonald are not going to work taking the mark. Mm. It's going to come to ground. Our best player at ground level is Christian Petrarca. So we decided to play him out of the square. And he was our number one target inside forward 50. He's not a good forward. He's not mm. a good forward. He's The thing which has happened with Petrarca is he's such a talent that he gets away with being a forward. And he does good things as a forward. Brayshaw wouldn't. Oliver wouldn't. Viney wouldn't. Petrarca can and I'm getting frustrated about the talk about Petrarca criticising him because if we, if we if the last two years we'd switched it around and Brayshaw was playing in the forward pocket and Petrarca was playing in the middle, this would not be the conversation we're having. It is because he has taken a role on for the team. And he's not that great in that role. He, he's not a smart forward. I, I don't think I've ever seen him kick a goal from the goal square. He never gets easy goals over the top because he's not smart. He doesn't know where to go. He's not, I can't think of any times he kicks a goal on a lead. Everything Petrarca does is hard. Everything he does is winning a one-on-one contest and doing something incredible. He works hard for everything he contributes to a game. You're in the midfield, you have more chances to do that. When he's forward, he's a little bit lost. And I don't mind him being forward because we have a good midfield and he probably doesn't quite fit there at the moment. But we've got to be less harsh on the bloke. People have been ripping into him this week. He is in that sort of Mills Heaney category of not providing what he was but supposed to do. I don't to, think though. it's his fault. I don't think it is his fault. I think if he had by that seen, same vein though, we just had a go at Heaney and Mills. I guess we did have a go. No, at them I, for not I was I was having more of a go at Longmire than I was having at. <sighs> That's Heaney fair. And Mills. I don't know. It's I, similar to Stringer a couple of years ago. The bloke needs to run free occasionally. Mm. He needs to get off the chain and get involved in the game. He gets he gets a bit lost, and he was he was really bad on the weekend. Really bad. I'm not I'm not giving any. I'm not ignoring that. But. <laughs> I th- that that was one of the reasons our forward line didn't work was because we were kicking it to him and he's not he's not a good forward. He didn't know where to go and we got lost. Let's have a slight change of direction. Geelong, really good start for them. Yeah, they look like they're properly good, not a pseudo contender like they did have for the last sort of five years. Yeah, very clean, extremely clean. They made very little mistakes. Forward pressure day. is there. Yeah. They don't look unbalanced anymore. They don't look like. They're too star-driven. They actually look like a sort of comprehensive team structure. They're, Tim Kelly just 
is brainier through the midfield. Dangerfield was back to his best on yep. the weekend. Absolutely killed it. All the AFLX sort of rust just gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was very good. <laughs> Their forwards, like Hawkins is looking good, Nick. Sav hasn't looked good, but it doesn't really no, matter with the way they're playing. Their back line looks strong. They've made brave calls to leave out Lockie Henderson for guys like Jack Henry. Yeah, He'll miss yeah. this week, but... It's, everything's rolling in the right direction for Geelong. Kids and too, like Constable Rising Star. Jeez, he was good. He yeah, was like so actually found good. Found footy and used it well and was dynamic. And it, he looked like a proper AFL. So far, the two Rising Star nominations have been good games, not good for kids games. And we've still got Sam Walsh, who's played good games both weeks. And he hasn't got a Rising Star, mm. which is big. Yeah, it's massive. He's a loaded class because Constable's going to be there the whole year. Like... He's not yeah. going to go away yeah, at yeah. all. No, he looks there, like there's a, a heap player. more like him. Like there's some holdovers from the year before. Like it's just going to be really, really good. Yeah, they they have kids we didn't realize. I yeah. think we're starting to notice there were kids who just didn't get a game at all last year. And that they was probably it's hard to tell whether that was a failure of Brad uh, Brad Chris Scott giving him a go or if it was they weren't ready I because think Constable that, was killing it in the VFL. I think they were determined to go with the Ablett. Mm. Dangerfield Selwood thing and they wanted to See give that a go but they realised it didn't work and now they've changed and they're and they've drafted so well Myers is from this year Atkins is from their VFL like they've yeah, added the kind of role Atkins. players they just haven't had yeah. and they're not they're not stars that are changing the complexion of their side outside of really Constable who's allowed Ablett to play forward and Selwood yeah. to yeah. play on the wing but they're just good players that fill their role and do what they need to do which Geelong just have not had that like Way too many games times George Hall and Smith had to play. Like, <laughs> way too many times throughout the years. And then on the flip side, we had Cade Collajasny in the team. So let's just... Uh, and Jake Lockhart or whatever uh, is I just want to say, if Cade Collajasny plays next week, I'll be furious. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen. It's a disgrace if he gets picked. Honestly, it's really disgrace. It was one <laughs> of the softest... It kind of got lost. You are so angry about it. Was it was one of the softest, <laughs> most pathetic performances I've seen in a Melbourne jumper, which says a lot. Oh, it we do need dreadful. a quick refresh. You had an absolute meltdown Saturday night. Uh, no, I was out, try. and you just started sending I had a few like frothies. self-abusive text messages about that. I, it, was it was basically just, so just a stream of consciousness with a few frothies and anger. <laughs> I was just like, I can't respond to this, but fuck, this is funny. Yeah, uh, anyway, West Coast... Yeah. West Coast defeated GWS by 52 points. We do not have enough time to give this game the attention it deserves, but West Coast last week was a blip, clearly. Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah, I, I think we expected that. Yeah. I think we really expected that. And the, uh, the system started rolling. Yeah. And that's, that's the, the thing. Ford line looked... strangled GWS. Yeah. And, like, you know, after last week, everything was so easy for them. There was no system that they were playing against with Essendon. And then all of a sudden, they were up against... What, like in terms of system, probably the best in the comp. Yeah, like West just Coast just struggled. moved so smoothly, and yeah, Gaff back this week. Ooh, yeah, Kennedy back whenever he comes back. I'm not sure of his time. Is he? Was played, he back this yeah, week? Yeah, that changed things. I think he only kicked one. But... Yeah, he started slowly last year as well, yeah. but he'll come round. And by the sound, it sounds like he's properly back, from what I've heard from people in. Western Australia. So he's not playing on one leg. Yeah, it sounds like he, they do expect him to have a complete run of it this year. Yeah, it, West Coast to go. Dom Sheed looks like his improvement in the last half of last year is just for real. And that oh, adds so I much. Don't have any doubt about it. it adds so much to their to their midfield. If like just another top line player for them. Yeah, and uh, look disappointing from GWS, but I mean, 
It's the hardest game in football. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. West Coast and Perth, and after a good performance last week, yeah, I'm feeling a bit like, let's just wait and see on that. Yeah. Like, I was never thinking they were going to be a premiership real contender. Don't really have a reason to change my mind, but I haven't been put down or put up yeah. by either. I think it's wait and see. Yeah, exactly. Again, another game we don't have enough time yeah, to really treat with it what it deserves. Funny. Western Bulldogs defeated Hawthorne by 19 points. 50 points turnaround in the last quarter. Most I've ever enjoyed a Western Bulldogs result, maybe. It's one of the, it's one of the weirdest last 10 minutes I've ever seen in a game of footy. I've never seen something turn that quickly. I think they kicked like three goals in the space of four kicks or something. Yeah, it's and obviously absolutely one of them absolutely staggering turnaround. The, the Sicily free kick. Um... <sighs> Like, I always feel when something like that happens, everyone does this thing of like, oh, the Bulldogs are back. They played with so much spirit and they came back. And mm. Hawthorne aren't that good. I always feel like in these situations, something just weird happened in it's the game. It's also the not really repeatable. Yes. You're Hawthorne never going to kick eight goals in 10 minutes to win a game again. Hawthorne like, should have won the game. They had a lot of free kicks against them, which were very stiff. They were genuinely very stiff. Yeah, it's just some of those decisions were staggering. But the Bulldogs do look better like I, I think i need to eat some crow on <laughs> no, that no they're gonna win the spoon mate remember no i said they might <laughs> but like libertore has been massive for them bond yeah. and pelly's playing back at his best the forward line still looked so ineffectual for three quarters of that game but uh, norton's looking all right for it he, he is he is two weeks in a row yeah shacky kicked four as well that could turn out to be That's a very good pickup he's, he's slowly building isn't he he's building yeah. something he does like i think when he gets to the right size everything might click for him pretty quickly because he's he started off so skinny but all the skill and the sort of forward craft was kind of there so as soon as his body catches up he could be uncomfortably good could happen but yeah um, Bulldogs just two wins on the trot over two teams I don't think will be around the mark but you know they might be yeah it, they're definitely not going to win the wooden spoon if I they think, keep winning these games. I mean, for Hawthorne, I think in the way they played, I think you'd largely be pretty positive. You'd obviously be disappointed to have lost the game, a game that they should have won. And to lose Shields and exactly. Burgoyne. That was, that's the biggest problem. Shields, Shields is massive. I, I think Burgoyne, I think he might be cooked anyway. Or surely he's cooked now. He's yeah. been, we thought he was cooked eight years ago. Uh, Shields is really big because they don't have much of a midfield anyway. And he's one of the more important links in that midfield so that that really hurts and like god like their the midfield now is like O'Meara and Isaac Smith and Warple who's played 12 yeah. games and then Cousins you're who's played gonna, 8 yeah you're not going to bank on them like no, that's and extremely Smith is, shallow and Smith is a winger and it's so hard for a winger to influence a game exactly when they it's don't have that strength to their boat it's O'Meara trying to feed it out but I'm anyway, feeling very lucky as a North supporter most important part of the pod time now talking about how good the dog's forward line is it's time for a very quick, but a very good, Billy Gowers watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. What can you say? The man, the myth, the legend. Three yeah, goals. Mate, he started really well. He's five goals in two games. I mean, look, you start off reading his stats and you think they're average. Five Same kicks, amount of goals as Ben Brown. Five kicks, four handballs, three marks, zero tackles, but kick three goals, one. And they were clutch goals. They really were. They would set shots from not easy positions, and he just flushed them. He's a clutch footballer. He nearly won the game against you uh, last yeah, year. Yeah, he did, he did. And then I think the following week, he kicked that Jackie Chan goal. Who was that against? Geelong. That was a yeah, cracker. Yeah, yeah, a cracking game. He got him over the line in that. He's a clutch player. He steps up when the game is on the line, as gods do. 
And we are very excited about Billy Gowers' season. Absolutely love the man. Back-to-back leading goal. Got a fantastic semi-mullet going as well. Yeah. Needs to be said. It's pretty gross, but whatever. Not so sure about that, but Billy can do it (laughs) once. We like mullets now, thanks to Billy. Anyway, now let's get to Poochie's mailbag again, because we've gone so bloody long. We'll be quick through it. New format where we take turns to ask each other these questions. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, we picked them out for basically trolling each other. First question is from Dan Crowley, one of your mates. Yeah, was the, the Brisbane at, supporter, I had I mean, to look, see. Look, he stuffed it up. He said, was the result at Marvel? He means, was the result at the Marv on Sunday <laughs> the product of the Lions' brilliance or the Ruse' incompetence? Um, very much more the former, to be honest. Um, we were nowhere near as incompetent as we were the week before. In fact, we kind of played well for patches of that game. I think, yeah, as much as it pains me to say it, and I think we could have easily and might maybe should have won that game all credit has to go to the Lions for coming down and taking it they killed us in the last five minutes to snatch that away yeah they look good yeah. and uh, also piss I, off I Dan. agree with you it was more about Brisbane I think uh, this one's from the pooch should the media in brackets Eddie be more <laughs> accountable for insensitive and some would say outright offensive statements uh, okay, look, I want to talk about Eddie for the most part because I find the whole Eddie thing quite interesting. <sighs> My opinion on Eddie and a lot of his stuff-ups recently, I don't think... Me- I'm not going to say all of them. I- most of them, I don't think they're reflective of him being a bad person or doing something horrifically morally wrong. What they are, they're really, really, really dumb. Can we go through some of the highlights? Okay. No- How do you defend calling Adam Goods an ape? Uh, that was... I don't think that wasn't a racist comment. I would call that indefensible. No, no. He was trying to have a joke about the hype which had been around the ape stuff and trying to make light of that rather than making light of him being an ape. I don't think that was a racist comment. I think that was a dumb comment and an insensitive comment because it has the potential to cause a lot of harm. I don't think he's a racist person. I I don't think that's reflective of being racist. I fairly strongly disagree with that. How do you defend it? Calls to drown Caroline Yeah, I, I think that's probably the worst of them. I mean, again, I know where that comes from because there's a whole banter between the two of them, him and Caro, and it was just... I mean, I know far. it's just wrong to say this. If it, was a, if it was a male journalist, there wouldn't have been any problem with it at all, and I think that's the way he would have seen it. It's just a journalist. and But I think that was probably the worst one he did. And then when you add this... So this one was silly. This he, one was dumb. He didn't, he didn't know what was going on. He was cracking jokes about flipping a coin and he, he didn't he didn't mean to attach any of it to the person but do you not see there's a pattern of him being offensive to pretty much every sector of the community I that, think sorry that aren't just white men and he's never had any consequence for anything he's ever done oh he's had a lot of consequences no he's had people yell at him he's had no material consequence to his career I think I think if it was anyone else in this situation I don't think there would be any I think people would have ignored it within 24 hours. It was only because it was Eddie, which means he's more accountable than most. I pretty strongly, once again, disagree with that. I think it's flat out ridiculous that he has the profile he's had when he's made these repeated, repeated remarks that are just, they're not good enough from a guy whose entire trade is using his words. Like he should be expected to be better. There's just no excuse yeah, for it. I think he. I think it's dumb, and it, for someone with his experience, and it's, to be honest, it's when really you add bad, in the but... like incredible conflict of interest he has, just in his entire career, that's that's a completely different point. That's yeah, it is. But the two, when go together, make me find it incredibly questionable that he has the 
career he has. He's very good at what he does. Could have quite easily just continued to host yeah. who wants Look, to be I, a I think it's more done than anything. That's what I think. Anyway, your question quickly from... Who's Jeremy? Jeremy just who? a mate of mine. Jeremy. Uh, Jesus How? Christ. No, Patterson. <laughs> Jeremy Patterson. <laughs> AFLW I've Grand... known him since I was five. <laughs> AFLW Grand Finalist, JLT Community Series Top 8. <laughs> Custodians of the inaugural AFLX Super Boot. Has Carlton already what's what's the AFLX? Has Carlton already had a more successful 2019 than North will achieve? Look, it's looking that way. <laughs> what's the AFLX? I, actually, Super I honestly boot? think he's. I, I honestly couldn't tell, but he's actually undersold how good Carlton were in the JLT. I think they were sort of top six in the JLT. They were great JLT series from them, and we just about won the wooden spoon in the JLT. Is Super Boot Crips's would Crips get most? score or something he He could have yeah maybe that's what he got okay alright but yeah look there's a few there's a few accolades that North can't surpass and while we acknowledge that it's complete bullshit that they made the AFLW grand final congratulations they won the the prelim which was that was good that was good but they also should just not have been in the final (laughs) Um, we do also quick congratulations Adelaide we just criminally under talking about the AFLW at this point um, yes. but yeah look North would want to get on their bike we're in a bit of trouble same amount of wins in the AFLM too yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of trouble yeah AFLM interesting. Uh, interesting now one for you from the pooch as well uh, is Lockie Neal a top 7 midfielder highly specific yeah, uh, cut off line but what do you reckon no, I haven't thought about the top 7 midfielders Poochie what a weird question top 7 oh, I always have issues with Poochie's questions but uh, like without having done the numbers I think he yeah probably there's a fair chance he would be I mean he's in my fantasy team yeah and so Jesus, you're, you're, biased. you're biased oh, he's looking very 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 good he's, he did tear us up he absolutely tore you up mm. I mean look he's not He's not the cleanest or sexiest player, but he gets a lot of the ball and he's extremely important at what he does on the inside. And uh, Robbo didn't have him in his top 50, which that's really bad. Honestly. That's a terrible oversight. That's incredible Victorian bias, and he needs to be called out on It's that not one. just that. It's sort of like, at this point, we underrate midfielders. That's, like that's a strange comment, but let's not get into that. Discussion. We can that's, we can have this discussion cool. next week. Someone ask how we underrate midfielders, and I'll answer it. But anyway, <laughs> move on. Oh, that is me to you. Yes. Uh, this is from Alex. How do you think Mason Cox's Brownlow Medal prospects <laughs> played a role in Collingwood's decision to challenge his suspension? I think it was the only consideration. That yeah, he should have gotten him. eight months. Maybe it was a pretty brutal hit. I mean, he is a top fifty player in the competition. Uh, to fifty one. Yeah, sorry, 51. Yeah, he's 51. number 51. That, that's, um, that's, that's his title from now yeah, on. Yeah, Lockie Neal, obviously 52. Um, I think that would have worried Collingwood for sure. I think there's a real chance for the Brownlow. I mean, that's what happens when you're in the top 51 players in the competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, you, you can tell the difference in status because Grimes got suspended. No, no changes there because he's not going to win the Brownlow. Yeah, exactly. They were kind of complete you're same incidents with absolutely no um, distinct... A distinction in context. No point challenging that. Are we doing battle situations? Yeah, 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 yeah. We may as well. We've gone long enough, long enough anyway. Yeah, this is uh, the longest we've ever gone, I think. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Matt Damon, but he looks exactly like Mark Wahlberg versus Mark Wahlberg, but he looks exactly like Matt Damon. This is one of the weirder ones you've ever had. Yeah, it is an odd one. Oddly normal, like more with, normal. within the realms of more. Mr. Bean as a potato, <laughs> as a bean. It's a little more. Um, than that. like. And I'm kind of thrown. I don't have like odd things to be able it's to focus you. on. 
I lean towards Matt Damon in Mark Wahlberg's body. I'm, I'm back in no, muscle I'm mass. No, I'm the other way. I'm definitely the other way. I, I think both of them don't have a bad body. I mean, obviously, Wahlberg's better, but I think they're both quite fit. I think that Wahlberg's personality would be much more about fighting than Matt Damon would be. And so, therefore, his personality comes out of the weaker body, in my opinion. Wahlberg yeah. is nothing but an action star right now, really. He's not really doing any drama or serious acting where your body doesn't matter. It's all about like the build for him. That's his career at this point. Yeah. He's hanging out with Jimmy Butler yeah, but and going to the gym. That's his life. He'd be a good fighter. With like in terms of he, he'd know how to fight. Yeah, and he'd have the body for it. Matt Damon, Jason Bourne, even Jason Bourne, which is his action role, not a super like build based action role. Yeah, he was in good shape. He was in good shape. It was nothing more than in good shape. He didn't oversell it. There was no show muscles <sighs> there, which is what Mark Wahlberg's got. Like, have you seen Pain and Gain? Mark Wahlberg has the capacity to stack it on. I'm and well I think, aware of I, that. I think, I think, I think. I think that comes out because I don't. They both would have to have done sort of fighting training. Yeah, like, well, I'm kind of. No, look, I just the brain overcomes the body, and that's in my opinion. I think it's more important to have a fighting. But Matt Damon's than smart. A fighting body. And I, I, I think, I think, he's not, he's I think being smart being fighting. Yeah, smart but I think he might be a little ruthless. Like, don't you get the sense from Matt Damon that he's a little bit of a prick? I think that could really. No, come out. I think he's a good fella. I I think halfway through the fight, Matt Damon might kick Mark Wahlberg in the shins, just really mix it up a bit. When we're saying Mark Wahlberg, is that? I mean, Matt Damon's mind <laughs> might kick no, I don't Matt Damon's body in the I shins. I think Wahlberg would be more likely to do that. But anyway, we've disagreed on this one, and it's not much point continuing with it because I'm really, really, really tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good a reason as any to end the pod. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, if you've reached us via Podcast Central, give our actual Facebook page a like as well because, yeah, we're on that page. And, yeah, we've got our own as well where you can send us questions. That about does That'd it. Be good. I've flubbed this ending, but we'll continue on anyway. Thanks for listening.